Who are our best flex plays and deep sleepers this week? They might include Drake London and Jordan Addison. It's time to break it down right here, right now, as we give you our final thoughts and our prize picks picks of the week on this Friday edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iyer, as usual. And when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we are coming to the end of our week 14 analysis. We just did not expect how it went on Thursday night there with the Patriots defeating your Steelers. I'm sorry to hear that. If you started Zika Elliott, you're happy. If you started Deontay Johnson, you're semi-happy. If you started anyone else, you're very sad. I don't think you started Juju Smith-Schuster, so let's say that. But that's why it's unpredictable. It's a key week. Try to get into the fantasy playoffs. We're going to help you. With some flex plays and sleepers, these guys can help you maybe push your team over the top, right? These are those sneaky plays that if they can blow up there in those spots, all of a sudden your team looks a lot better. So we'll get into sleepers. We'll look at the flexes again. These are usually wide receivers and running backs, but we'll also look at a tight end or two here that you could consider this week that could really help your lineup. So we'll get into all that as well as our price picks this week. We'll make three of those here later in the show. But I do have to tell you, before we do that, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And look, it's close to lunchtime, often when we record these shows. So I had to order some lunch here. And uh, look, you get this uh, handy DoorDash bag, Michelle. I think you have one of these as well. Well, yeah, so I, I made sure I ordered because uh, as soon as I'm done here with Michelle, I need to eat some lunch. So I do have a favorite place here down the street. It's Enrico's Italian Restaurant. So I love their food, their pizza, their pasta. Everything is great for lunch. So look, it should be here in a little while. So I'm looking forward to that as well after the show. The show's great, but look, lunch is coming as well from DoorDash. So you can get in there as well at DoorDash. Just use the promo code LOCK23, and it will tell you about the special offer there that you'll get to save on your DoorDash order for lunch, dinner, whatever you're doing over the weekend. They've got you covered, and we'll tell you a little bit more about DoorDash later in the show. Now, Michelle, let's uh, go ahead and dive into your three picks for your favorite flex plays of week 14. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I, I do think this is a risky play, but I am feeling his biggest game of the year this week. And it's Drake London, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or sorry, Falcons wide receiver going up against the Buccaneers. It, it really hasn't been a nice season for Drake London. Like you can see the talent and you saw it last year, but last year at least he was getting a lot of targets from Desmond Ritter. Like He's still getting a lot of targets, but he was getting like 10 plus a game from Ritter last year. And with Arthur Smith column plays, it's just it, it can't be consistent. Right. But the Buccaneers have allowed the fifth most fantasy points, third most receiving yards and fifth most yards per target 
to the wide receiver position this season. And if they are going to target anybody in this offense, it is Drake London. So I do envision him having a very, very nice game against the secondary this week. So I want him in my lineup. Another guy is Jaden Reed. This is more leaning on, you know, Christian Watson missing the game with a hamstring injury. I don't think that's official yet. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. But even if he did end up playing, that's really risky, right? With that hamstring, he could go out quickly or be limited. So I do think that moves over more targets to Jaden Reed again, right? We saw Jaden Reed coming along before Christian Watson came back and, and was fully healthy. So I think they utilize him more uh, if Watson has to be out. And this is a really nice matchup for him against the Giants who are allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. But the difference between Reed and a guy like Romeo Dobbs in this matchup is that near 70% of Dobbs' targets have come against zone. He actually has 31 total receiving yards against man this year. Dobbs has really struggled against man coverage while the Giants are deploying man coverage at the second highest rate in the NFL this year. So I think it's a really bad matchup for Dobbs, which should lead to even more targets and maybe a touchdown for Jaden Reed there in that game. And then lastly, James Cook. Maybe it's not so much a flex play because you're probably playing in your RB2 spot. I just want to definitely give you confidence that he should have a really big game this week against the Chiefs. 100-plus scrimmage yards in each of the last three games. They've definitely shifted to utilizing him more as a runner under new offensive coordinator. 17 carries, 16 carries the last two weeks uh, without uh, Ken Dorsey there, right? They stopped giving Latavius Murray the ball so often just when it wasn't necessary. Chiefs are allowing a ton of yards per carry to running backs this year. And I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, which so maybe he can get into the end zone for once. So those are my three guys, James Cook, Drake London, and Jaden Reed. Yeah, and you want to attach yourself a lot to this Bills-Chiefs game as much as possible. Look, I don't love James Cook in terms of the RB2, but I love him as a flex. Like, if he's your third, you've got to play him this week. I mean, the volume is there, which some things are things you got to follow in fantasy, and the volume is one of them, right? There's not a lot of volume backs. We saw Ezekiel Elliott got the volume and came through right away on Thursday night. So if a guy is going to get 20 touches, you have to look at them. And James Cook, look, we've been hot and cold on him all year, but look, if he's going to get 20 touches, he's going to be out there. And it's strange because Dalvin Cook also might need to play a lot there for the Jets of Brees Hall can't go. So something to watch out there is another option. Now, Jane Reed, I love the matchup. As you mentioned, inside, they're not very good. They're really not good anywhere at corner. And again, if the targets shift, uh, I think you could definitely go there this week in the slots. A great matchup. I mean, Drake London, look, Carlton Davis is probably going to be the matchup. He hasn't been very good. They're pretty thin at corner. So something to look at there. Now, I'm going with a guy that he hasn't done a lot in the last few weeks, but I think it's been related to not even Justin Jefferson. It's Jordan Addison. He needs to have that favorable coverage. He's not quite ready to handle, like, top corners. And the Raiders, look, they're stingier than you think against the pass. And – the matchup isn't as awesome as you might think, but I think the attention has to go on Justin Jefferson, right? They have to look at him downfield. Remember, Marcus Peters is gone. They dismissed him from the team during the bye or right before the bye. So they don't have a lot at corner right now. And they're younger players and they're Jacorian Mathis and some of the other guys that they're throwing out there. So I do like Jordan Addison again. I think you'll see TJ Hawkinson get some attention. You'll see Jefferson. That's going to leave Addison in more favorable coverage there against the Raiders. So I like that. Addison really being helped as the number three, maybe the 2A option with Hawkinson there this week. Elijah Moore, look, he felt it with Joe Flacco. 
there weren't a lot of connections, but there were 12 targets, and he made a big play downfield, a couple big plays, got to 83 yards on four catches. You'll take that anytime as your wide receiver three for a guy who uh, is finding it hard to find the end zone. So when you look at it this week, it's uh, a matchup against uh, the Rams. It's home. I'm, I'm sorry, not the Rams. The, the Jaguars. 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 Uh, and I got ahead of myself because they do have a former Ram in there, Darius Williams, covering Elijah Moore potentially. But I, I think you can get more open. And again, he did really well last week against the Rams. I think he can carry it over to the Jaguars this week. So again, he's going to have to be the number one as well with Amari Cooper having concussion and unlikely to play. Brandon Cook's really disappointed in the first matchup against the Eagles, but he's a much better wide receiver producing at home for some reason. I guess Dak Prescott's more comfortable at home. He throws to all his weapons a little bit more consistently. But look, this passing offense, even though the other guys involved, still CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and Brandon Cooks. So I think Cooks is going to get it done here. I mean, the fact that he didn't really do much in the first meeting says he's going to do a little bit more of this meeting, right? I mean, you've seen him. He's really good. I mean, you've seen his track record at home. He scored last time against the Seahawks. He's the... Uh, Looking good there whenever they're in Dallas. Maybe it's a speed on the track and not having to worry about any weather or all that. So, Brand Cooks, again, is my third pick. So, I got Addison Moore and Cooks. You've got London Reed and Cook this week. Yeah. I, I, the Brandon Cooks, it does seem like he's coming along, right? It took him a bit to get established in this offense and to really be utilized enough to be good for fantasy. But I do think we're at that point where Brandon Cooks is just a really solid flex play um, in most weeks, especially in these nice matchups, this amazing matchup against the Eagles. With Jordan Addison, I'm so interested to see how all of these guys are using this Vikings offense with Josh Dobbs. Can he target Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. I'll say Addison's production didn't really go up without Jefferson, right? It, it almost was better for him to have Jefferson on the other side. Now we haven't seen him play with Jefferson with Dobbs instead of Kirk Cousins. So we'll see how it works out. But I definitely think he's a fine guy to to plug into your lineup and, you know, kind of risk it because you know the upside he has there with the touchdowns. Elijah Moore the Browns just need someone to target. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are some really nice plays that we didn't expect maybe that would come into focus here in this part of the fantasy season, but you got to keep your eyes open for anyone. Anyone could help you. You got to consider them and some tough matchups for some of the better receivers that we usually play. So that's another thing to consider this week. Before we dive into our favorite deeper sleepers of the week, we will uh, have to hear another word from our fine sponsor. All right, Michelle, we told you at the top that I'd ordered some lunch from DoorDash. And look, this is the handy bag that I can uh, get on the screen here for you. There we go. There's our bag right there. So that's uh, what we want when we need something to pick us up here in the middle of the day. Michelle, I know you have a busy schedule, right? I mean, we're doing stuff all around the clock for our various jobs and podcasts and things we have to do. Sometimes we just need to rely on DoorDash to come through for us, and they always do, right? I mean, anything you need, and you've talked about it late night, you're you're needing some help with uh, a White Claw or some Taco Bell. That oh, yeah. seems like your go-to favorites here. Well, I, I like to order lunch a little bit because I, I just need to get through it. I almost forget to eat lunch, but DoorDash is there to help and uh, make sure that uh, we are taken care of uh, no matter what we need, no matter when we need it. And I, I just ordered some pizza and pasta. Well, 
You can order all your favorites during the game as well. Wings, if you want those. Burgers, nachos, if you want chips and dips from your local grocery store, they've got you covered. And, of course, your favorite adult beverages as well from your grocery store. So all that is great. All your favorite restaurants, whether you live in Charlotte like I do or in Houston the way that Michelle does, they're going to take care of you, right? So just look around the corner with uh, DoorDash, and they're going to have – the food that you want or anything else that you want to come to your door there. So check it out. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23. Check it out. That's a 50% off up to a $10 value. That's awesome. When you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23. Again, thanks so much uh, to DoorDash uh, for taking care of lunch for us here. We really appreciate it here. And uh, look, they're going to take care of you as well. So check it out. Lock 23, 50% off, up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend 15 or more. Subject to change, terms do apply. All right, Michelle, before we eat lunch, and I know we're hungry now because of all that, But we still have to do some work here to help uh, you all out there to get the right deep sleepers into your lineup. So, Michelle, I like your three a lot this week. They're they're worth taking shots on, I think, all around. Yeah, there's one. I never want to rely on him ever, ever, ever. But you know what? (laughs) This week, he should have some fantasy value. It's Jerry Judy going up against the Chargers. Not only are the Chargers just allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this year behind only the Eagles commanders, but they're giving up a ton of yards out of the slot. So Jerry Judy being the main slot guy for the Broncos, he should have a solid week. I don't understand why he's not better than he is right coming out of school. He was thought of as this amazing prospect and he has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. I know Russell Wilson isn't what he used to be, but he should be better than he is and he's not but I can see him having a really huge game in this matchup. And then I'm going back to Josh Downs. I know it was the Alec Pierce show last week for the Colts. I expected Josh Downs to do what Alec Pierce did, get those long targets. It just went the other way. But instead of following Alec Pierce and trying to chase those points, I'm going back to Josh Downs, right? Because they get the Bengals, and the Bengals are allowing over 15 yards per reception to wide receivers this year. Only the Bengals and the Commanders are allowing over 15 yards per reception to wide receivers this year. That's a crazy high amount. But again, they're a team really bad at covering the slot, allowing a ton of yards on the slot this year. And despite having this huge down stretch of games for Josh Downs where he hasn't done much. He still has the seventh most receiving yards out of the slot among all wide receivers this season behind only CD lamb, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Adam Thielen, and Tyree kill. Those are the only people he's behind in slot receiving yards. So I love this matchup for him this week. And I'm not giving up on him just yet. I'm willing to throw him in, in this matchup. And then in the same exact team, same exact matchup, tight end Kylan Granson, Now, this is a deep one, and it's only if you really need a one-week play at tight end. Say you have Trey McBride on by, or you're dealing with an injury, or maybe a guy you just haven't been able to trust this year, and you need to plug in someone else. But the Bengals are allowing the most fantasy points at tight ends this season. Since week eight, uh, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, and George Kittle all scored over 21 fantasy points against the Bengals, with Dalton Schultz scoring 11 points against them, Dalton Kincaid scoring 16 points against them and that's all just since week eight so they're just allowing a ton 
a ton of yards and fantasy points to tight ends. And last week we saw Granson have a, a season high 72 yards. So maybe there's something coming along with him there. I'm willing to take the chance on him with his upside in this matchup. Yeah, this game, this Colts Bengals game, I think it'd be sneaky for points. I mean, their defenses are not that strong here. You can actually run the ball on either one of these teams. So watch out for that game. I know everyone's on the bigger games of the week. If you're playing the solo game they're out of the main slate the eagles and cowboys but then everyone's attaching the bills chiefs game which you should but have a few pivots into this game as well especially taking some shots in tournaments on players such as downs and granson because michelle's right everyone's going to be maybe looking at michael pittman jr or alec pierce so downs would be a good pivot there and granson could be a further pivot right to go in there so dfs considering there jerry judy again in theory, he should be a lot better. You're right. and But that's why he's not in the flex place and he's in deep sleepers because we yeah. need to hope that he comes through. So good calls there. And I am going to go in a little bit different direction here. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. for the Ravens against his old team, the Rams. That's right. The Rams, look, it's a revenge game. They also have Darren Kendrick, who's really not good. He comes in and out of the lineup, and they bench him at times, and that could be the matchup here for OBJ. And keep in mind, he's going to get emotional. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams. He's going to see some of his old friends there on the other side. And we know when he's emotional and he's getting into the game that OBJ is going to come through. So he's that type of player. He's a little bit into himself, a little bit. And then he <laughs> wants to have the spotlight on him. So this is the type of game where OBJ is going to say, wait, I used to play for this team. I'm going to go and burn them. He doesn't get many opportunities to do this. So yeah, it's a revenge game. Odo Beckham Jr. comes through. And some of these revenge games, Michelle, I cannot believe they're happening. I mean, I looked at James Conner, went nuts. All of a sudden, did nothing for previous weeks, plays the Steelers, goes nuts. Sorry, and I don't want to bring this up again. But Juju Smith-Schuster sees the Steelers, hasn't done anything for weeks, goes nuts. So this revenge game thing, I, I don't get it, but it's also kind of real as well. So I want to tap into that. Now, Tyler Conklin, look, do you really want to trust anyone from the Jets? Probably not. But Zach Wilson is back, contrary to popular belief. I, I don't understand what that report was about him not wanting to start. Of course, he's going to want to start here if they let him back in. So, look, the matchup against the Texans, it's pretty tough, actually, on the outside for Garrett Wilson. Tyler Conklin has a very good matchup. In fact, uh, both tight ends in this game, we'll see if Don Schultz goes, uh, if not Brevin Jordan or maybe a combination of both. It's a really good tight end matchup on both sides here that you can look at. So Tyler Conklin, again, he's a deep sleeper shot here. If you don't want to go Kyle Granson, you can pivot to Tyler Conklin. I think Granson has the higher upside, right, the higher ceiling because he can make big plays. Conklin might have the higher floor, right, with his usage and targets beyond Garrett Wilson. Now I'm going a little bit deeper, Michelle. You mentioned Romeo Dubs there in that matchup. Maybe struggling with man coverage. But if uh, you don't have a Christian Watson sighting, and we really need to know this by Sunday because they are playing on Monday night in that double header, if you want to call it that. It's a simultaneous game. But Dontavian Wicks, he's been playing really well when given the opportunity. And the matchup is going to be good, right? And Wicks, I think, is a little bit better there in this type of coverage than Dubs. So, again, he's another young receiver that gets often forgotten. But, again, if Watson is out, I trust Jordan Love. And we love Jordan Love this week. He's going to pass the ball around the park. So I like it with Wicks this week. If Watson is out, we got to know that by Sunday. 
Yeah, you're so right on these revenge games. It is what's wild. It seems to matter so much to these players. The fact that Juju Smith-Schuster just like had that game last night and like the the first catch he made, he doesn't make that against any other team. Like it was good defense and it, normally Juju would just drop that. I just feel like he had that extra desire to catch that ball and it made him come down with it. I just, yeah, I mean, we've seen it back to back weeks now, at least against the Steelers have these revenge games. Now, I don't know if OBJ has like hurt feelings against the Rams. Like they, both Connor and Juju played for a long time with the Steelers, right? And they kind of didn't want to resign them. So maybe different kind of hurt feelings. But yeah, these revenge games do seem to happen. With Tyler Conklin, I he should be fine to get you eight fantasy yeah. points in full PPR yeah. that that's what you're looking for there right and then Wicks is a total dart throw I'd probably only trust him in DFS but he could definitely come through uh with a long reception or two in that game we're gonna get to our favorite prize picks picks of the week to end this episode to end the week as we always do but first let's hear a little bit about prize picks before we get into that segment Do you love playing daily fantasy? If you do, you should try out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skilled-based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick 2 to 6 players, and if they go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Yeah, players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. I think their best feature, though, they offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get in, gets injured. So if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted and will not count against your picks. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. I don't think you guys understand how important that is. I mean, players get hurt every game, and then your everything that you picked is just a waste, right? On the other on the other apps, but on PrizePix, you still have something you're playing for. You could still win that money. Best policy out there. Love Prize Picks for that. Vinny and I will go through our favorite Prize Picks picks of the week in our next segment. So make sure to listen to those. And if you want to place those picks with us or other picks for this week's slate of games, all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit matchup to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use locked on NFL for a first deposit matchup to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Vinny, let's hop into our favorite prize picks, picks of the week. We'll each go through our favorite three. I'll start with you. What are your top three favorite picks this week? Yeah, I've been looking at the numbers and trying to figure out where we can exploit something. And I'm into Chris Olave this week. He's been on fire, has had more than 110 receiving yards in the last two games. That's what Derek Carr actually learning to find him. Now, there's a chance here that Derek Carr could miss the game. We'll see. It all comes down to the concussion if he gets cleared here to play against the Panthers. I know on paper the Panthers matchup is hard, but keep in mind that Olave really worked over them well in the Week 2 matchup a long time ago, but that was when they were a little bit healthier as well, and he's really good now at getting open in the slot. So I think that's going to help Chris Olave as well, where he can avoid that outside matchup. And look, the number is pretty good here. I'm going to go more than 67.5. That's his number, receiving yards. And look, I mean, if he's getting... 
those targets from Jameis Winston, I feel even better about this, right? But Derek Carr starting to kind of realize, hey, I got to get the ball to Chris Olave. Maybe it took injuries to Rashid Shahid and Michael Thomas and realization that Juwan Johnson doesn't do anything to get those targets. But all those things line up for Chris Olave very nicely. So 67.5, I'm going more than there. Now, this was surprising when I saw it on Price Picks, Michelle. Jamar Chase is at 66.5 receiving yards. Jamar Chase, this guy's going off with Jake Browning. Sorry, I had a weird inflection in my voice. Jamar Chase. But, yeah, you look at it, it's exciting to see that Jake Browning knows, hey, I got to butter my bread here, right, with Jamar Chase as much as possible. And, look, his boy Justin Jefferson is back, so he's going to be motivated. Who's the best wide receiver in the NFL? There's been a lot of debate on that. Like Tyreek Hill is balling out here. But Jamar Chase getting it done with a backup quarterback, and he's going to get a ton of targets. We've talked about the potential of this game going crazy here with points. I think he gets at least 10 targets. I mean, that's probably conservative estimate. If he gets 10 targets, look, he's not going to average. If he catches them all, it's great, but he's not going to average less than 10 yards a catch. I mean, that's not going to happen with Jamar Chase. So he can probably get there in six of those receptions. Go six for 10. He's taking care of business here. So I love that. Jamar Chase, look, maybe we were seeing that number before we saw Jake Browning ball out, but the Colts matchup is nothing scary, 66.5. And then I got to give you one weird one just because that's what I do. And it usually is tied to uh, quarterback rushing. And I'm going with a Bryce Young for 13.5 rushing yards more. He actually had 34 rushing yards in this first matchup. I'm going all the way back to week number two. But the Saints actually give up a lot of rushing yards. They give up close to 30 rushing yards per game. Two quarterbacks. Bryce Young is mobile enough. He's going to be flushed out of the pocket a few times, right? The pass rush is going to come to him. So 13.5, he can do it in two little scrambles here. At some point, negative game script somewhere, Bryce Young is getting that number. So too low. But I also wanted to mention some Bryce Young. I mean, he's been struggling. Let's throw him a little bit of love here. He can get it done. It's a spectacular game for him if he can get to 14 rushing yards. Yeah, I, I love the Lave and Chase ones. Obviously, at any time uh, going the more over rushing yards for quarterbacks, especially not the highly mobile ones, right? Like Bryce Young's mobile enough, but it's not the Lamar Jackson or the Justin Fields or something like that. It's risky, but Jamar Chase seems like an easy smash more than 66 and a half receiving yards in this matchup. And hopefully Jake Browning just keeps throwing him up the ball. And Chris Olave, pre- please, Derek Carr, just sit out, just sit out. <laughs> Just let Jameis Winston be in and let us know. He's not good. That's why. And then Jameis That's Winston why he doesn't come. want to sit out. I know because he thinks yeah. he's going to lose his job. Or Taysom Hill will come in and that's yeah. not good. But yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, my three, I'm going to go with a old Panthers wide receiver, not with the Bears. DJ Moore, more than 70 and a half receiving yards. Listen, with Justin Fields, he does it right over his last four full games. Justin Fields, 114, 96. 230 and 131 receiving yards. This is Justin Fields' number one dude. He's going to target him at least nine times, as he always does when he plays a full game. With the, with DJ Moore, Justin Fields is going to target him nine times, and I think he's going to get those 71 receiving yards he needs. Just against the Lions in Week 11, he had 96 yards, so easily surpassed that number. And then my other two picks of the week are guys I already talked about, but – Kylan Granson sitting there at 13 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to take the more on that, right? Now, 
I'm not going to lie to you. I know that last week he had 72 yards, right? Season high. The weeks before that, it was zero, five, and zero. So there is a reason why his line is so low. It, like there is. But I talked about how bad the Bengals are at covering the tight end position. They've allowed the most receiving yards, most receptions to tight ends this season. Just since week eight, Evan Ingram, 82 yards. Pat Fryermost, 120. Dalton Schultz, 71. Dalton Kincaid, 81. George Kittle, 149. So, again, Kylan Granson is the number one tight end in this Colts tight end group, right, in terms of snaps and targets and receiving yards and all that. So I like him to have at least a couple catches in this game, and we know he has a big upside and athleticism to at least get 14 yards in this matchup. And then lastly, again, another guy I talked about earlier, James Cook, more than 46 and a half rushing yards. As I brought up, he's getting used more. Just the last three weeks, 109 rushing yards, 73, and only 43 last game, right, against the Eagles. Eagles are a really good run defense. He had 16 carries. I think if he gets 16 carries in this game, he's going to easily hit the more 46 and a half uh, because the Eagles are a lot better run defense than the Chiefs. The Chiefs are allowing 4.8 yards per carry this year to running back second most in the NFL. James Cook is averaging 4.8 yards per carry, third most among running backs with 150 plus carries this season behind only Raheem Mostert and Christian McCaffrey. So he's super efficient on the ground and as a receiver, but I think he's going to get his 15, 16, maybe even 17 carries in this game. And if he does that, he's going to have at least 50 rushing yards in this game and he only needs 47. Yeah. I mean, those are some really good calls. Again, you want to correlate all the stuff. You're going to play DFS. You're going to play price picks. You're going to play other uh, things out there that you want to look at. Uh, you definitely have to correlate. And if you like a guy one place, why not like him everywhere? Don't hedge your bets. Just go all in on the guy. Right. <laughs> and that's what I say. Look, you're going to go down swinging and look, if you really are confident and believe in that, go for it. And what I like about Colin Granson is I love the one play props, right? I love uh, those uh, plays where you can say, look, okay, we can get this in one play. And last week I had, I looked at Elijah Moore and Chris McCaffrey on their receptions. Uh, they got those in one play. So I think yeah. Colin Granson is going to have to do that, right? He's a field stretching tight end. So if he gets a catch, Michelle, you're good. You're good. If he gets the one catch, you're good. He just needs to avoid the total zero here on that. And look, James Cook, I, I think that was a good little uh, pivot here to go with his rushing yards versus receiving yards, 46.5. I like that. And DJ Moore, like, I'm also surprised how low his number is with Chris Olave and Jamar Chase. This is way too low. I mean, it should be like 85, somewhere like that. <laughs> this is how good he's been. I think he's just undervaluing how much he's going to get targeted, how badly the Lions secondary is playing right now. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. He killed them in the first meeting just a couple weeks ago. So, Look, we're good on our wide receivers, Michelle. We don't even have to worry about it. So that that's good. We can uh, just be happy about that this week. And uh, look, uh, we want you to be happy and get into your playoffs and do your thing here in DFS this week. And so good luck to all of you out there fighting for a playoff spot or getting their seating right here in your seasonal leagues. If you want to play DFS, good time to do it here. Try it over the last uh, five weeks of the season. So good stuff all around here. And again, thanks again for DoorDash for sponsoring the show as well as Price Picks for this edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all. All right, did it before 11 or 12. Cool.